some more lovely white stuff falling from the sky. Uh, with that in mind, if we do have a day where the weather's too bad for church to take place, we will be making those announcements for any sort of cancellations of service on WLEN, so 103.9, and also W4 Country, 102.9. Uh, lastly, we have a ton, a ton of cans that can be returned. And now that stores are taking bottle exchanges back, if anybody can volunteer to help take back some bottles, it would be greatly appreciated. We have so many. So if you can volunteer, that would be awesome. All right, let's get to some worship. So if you could all join me in our call to worship this morning. My soul magnifies the Lord. My, my spirit, spirit rejoices, rejoices in, in God, God my Savior. For the Mighty One has done great things. And, and holy is God's name. And let's open our hymnals to page 218 for our first hymn, It Came Upon the Midnight Clear.
join me in our opening prayer. Mighty God, your, your faithfulness, faithfulness is magnified in the coming of your, your Son, in the, the long-awaited birth of, of the promised Messiah. May we, like Mary, proclaim your greatness as we rejoice in our Savior, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And we'll continue with our second hymn found on page 254, We Three Kings. Thy perfect 
Now is the time for our Advent reflection. We begin with a reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 47 through 55. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the loneliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Andrew Purves puts forth that the content of the new work of God is not given in lofty theological images, but as the ethic of a changed world order. In concrete and specific terms, Mary sings in the language of revolution, a turning around to record her understanding of the great reversals that have unfolded albeit we must add, in a hidden way. Trisha Lyons' uh, center fit opines that through her song of justice, Mary calls us to be change agents for a better world for all. She also proposes that we need one another's affirmation just as Mary needed Elizabeth's to live into God's plan for the world. I ask you to please take a few moments and consider the question, what gift do you offer to help those who are oppressed? If you would join me in an attitude of prayer, make me an instrument of change in some small way, and grant me the courage to think in grander terms. Amen. If you would join together with me aloud in our prayer of illumination, astonishing God, send your Holy Spirit upon us as we await the coming of your Son. Fill us with good things that we may conceive your reign on earth and glorify you according to your word. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Our first scripture reading this morning comes from 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 1 through 11 and 16. Now when the king was settled in his house and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies around him, the king said to the prophet Nathan, See now, I am living in a house of cedar, but the ark of God stays in a tent. Nathan said to the king, Go, do all that you have in mind, for the Lord is with you. But that same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan. Go and tell my servant David, Thus says the Lord, Are you the one to build me a house to live in? I have not lived in a house since the day I... I brought up the people of Israel from Egypt to this day, but I have been moving about in a tent and a tabernacle 
Wherever I have moved about among all the people of Israel, did I ever speak a word with any of the tribal leaders of Israel, whom I com- who I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now therefore thus you shall say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep to be prince over my people Israel, and I have been with you wherever you went, and have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make for you a great name, like the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and I will plant them, so that they may live in their own place, and be, and be disturbed no more, and evildoers shall afflict them no more, as formerly, from the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel, and I will give you rest from all your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house. Your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. The word of God for the people of God. And you say, thanks Thanks be be to to God. God. Joining Mary's joyful song, our souls proclaim the greatness of the Lord and our spirits rejoice in God, our Savior. With humble and grateful hearts, let us bring our offerings to God. Thank you. 
if you would join me in our doxology. God, your love is magnified in the gift of your Son, whom you so freely share with us. Bless these gifts that we offer to lift up the lowly and fill the hungry in your coming reign of justice and peace. In Christ's name, amen. I invite you now to a time and an attitude of prayer. Holy God, we are just days away from celebrating the birth of your Son, our Savior, Emmanuel, God with us. And as we look forward to that day, we, we know it's going to look a little bit different this year. But we also know that the sacrifices and changes we are making now are signs of loving you and loving our neighbor as we work to try to keep each other healthy and safe. But there are many who are suffering, and we lift them to you now. There are many who are in need of our prayers. We include in our prayers today, as printed in our bulletin, the family of D.J. Martin, owner of Martin's Home Center. He passed away recently. Robert Cole Sr., Ken and Andrea Boley's grandfather, who is 100 years old and has tested positive for COVID. Connie Ferguson's daughter, Cindy, who has been in the hospital since mid-November with a severe lung infection. The family of Ron Dumoulin, a worker, co-worker of Diane Wilcox, who passed away from COVID. Norma Zimmerman, whose sister in Arkansas passed away. We offer prayers of praise and thanksgiving for Diana Quiag's granddaughter, Jessica, who received a negative COVID test. We have prayers for Louise's cousin, Terry, who's in hospice care. Her lung cancer has metastasized to her brain. Terry Ross is recovering at home after suffering from a stroke. Steve and Vicki Barber, Steve's cancer has returned and is quickly spreading. That is Abigail uh, Jose's grandparents. Ginny Marsh's cancer is aggressive and will require 24 weeks of chemo and then surgery. We have praises raised for Rosemary Scott's son's Rosemary's son, Scott, who made Master Sergeant in the Air Force. We have prayers for uh, Laley Broussard and the graduating class of 2021. Our seniors are missing out on a great deal of traditional experiences. It is a confusing time as they are 
about to be making some really huge decisions about their futures with limited or delayed information and experience. The entire college prep experience has been altered significantly for these young people, and we pray that God would help uh, direct them and watch over them as they work through this new and confusing process. We also have prayers for Teresa Cooley. We have uh, prayers for the Mike Payer family. He passed away December 15th, and prayers are needed for his family, and especially his mother, Carolyn Knight. Uh, we have prayers for uh, Rick's aunt and uncle, Leroy and Georgia Pfeiffer, and their children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. They all tested positive for COVID recently. So prayers out to them and to Luann and Rick. And then we have prayers for the Tecumseh Police Department and the family of Darren Briggs. He passed away this week in a tree-cutting accident at his home. He was a sergeant with the Tecumseh Police Department, and so we keep his family and the entire department and all of those who knew him and worked with him in our prayers. God, you have heard all that we have lifted up and you know what is in our hearts. You know those who are in need of healing, whether from this virus or some other suffering or affliction, whether physical, emotional, or mental. You know that our hearts pour out to those families and we are so thankful for all of those who are working to help heal people everyone in the healthcare industry and process from our doctors and nurses to our lab technicians and research scientists and so many others everywhere in between. We are thankful for their efforts and ask that you continue to guide their hands and watch over them. We are also so thankful this day for the men and women who work so hard to keep us safe in this world from those who serve in our military and armed forces to those who serve as police officers and firefighters and first responders and so many in between. We thank you for their sacrifice, for the sacrifices their families make, and for all that they do. We ask you, God, to please watch over them, guide them in their words and actions, help them to stay safe, and healthy and strong. And for those who are serving in places far away from their family, we pray that they may be able to return home soon and that we might begin to see an end to conflict in our world. God, we also lift up today prayers of asking for strength. This has been a rough year, as you well know. And as we are looking towards its end, we know that the end of the calendar year does not necessarily mean the end of a pandemic or other struggles we have faced. There will still be confusion and controversy. There will still be rage and anger. There will still be all of those human failings but we know that the other thing that will always still be there is you. 
I ask that you help us to always be able to see one another the way you see us as your beloved children, worthy of love and mercy and life and being. Help us to see past the things that we think make us so different and instead see the things that make us so much the same. We are made in your image. Help us to see the beauty in one another, especially during these challenging times. All of these things, as well as those that we keep quietly in our own hearts and minds, we lift to you this day in the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now is our, uh, our time for our youth. And again, I'm going to ask uh, the youth who are with us today to please stay in your cars uh, so we can keep everybody healthy and safe. And remember, you are all children of God, so you all should be paying attention and listening. Um, and again, I, I'm standing by my promise that when we're able to at least be around each other a little bit more like we were before, I will, uh, will make up for the lack of suckers these last few weeks. Um, unless your parents specifically ask me not to, which I would understand as well. Um, but I wanted to talk to you guys today about something I need your help with. I know that this year has been really weird and school's been different and holidays have been different and everything's just been different and, and it's probably not as much fun. But I can promise you that in the grand scheme of life, this will be something you will look back on and hopefully won't, probably won't remember too much of it, I hope. Um, won't be something that is what is defining in your lives. And where I need your help is that a lot of us adults have been really struggling because we are trying to make everything as good as we can and as normal as we can for you guys because we don't want you to have to deal with the sad stuff or the the things that make this year so different. We want you guys to, to be happy and healthy. Um, and that, that's what we should as, do as adults. We should be taking care of you guys. But sometimes we get, we get tired and we get frustrated and, and I think everybody's, everybody's just about done for the year. And what I need you guys to do is if you see one of your parents or grandparents or teachers or, or the people that you love, if you see somebody, you can tell that they're, they're maybe struggling a little bit. I want you to remind them of something that we're going to hear in one of our scripture readings in a little bit. But there's one verse that says, With God, nothing is impossible. So I want you to remember that and to help share that with other people. And it's, it's not like waving a magic wand. Everything's not going to be perfect after that. But sometimes just hearing those words can be really powerful for people. And it's a good reminder to us that, 
that God is with us and God is all-powerful and nothing can change that. And so try your best to remember, with God, nothing is impossible. All right, now I need you to help me with one more thing. We're going to do the Lord's Prayer. I need you to help me, me lead the congregation like we normally do, okay? So repeat after me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us confess our sins to the one whose mercy endures from generation to generation. If you'd please join me in our prayer of confession. Faithful God, we know that you are always there to guide us, yet we often make plans without listening to you and discover that our human agendas can drown out our ability to hear your will for us. We repent of these faults and turn to you in love. Forgive our offenses and pardon our sins, that our lives may magnify your holy name forever. Amen. Please take a moment now for silent prayer and confession. Beloved children of God, by the faith of Christ, your sins are forgiven. Blessed be the God of our salvation, whose mercy is everlasting. Amen. And if you'll please join me in our affirmation of faith, the Advent Creed. We believe in God the Father, creator of heaven and earth, the one who is full of patience, who is not afraid of silence, who does not need to fill each moment with activity and noise, the one who is beyond bluster and flurry, and who does not jostle for attention. We believe in God the Son, Savior of creation, who slipped into Bethlehem one night, mostly unnoticed, who lived 30 years without headlines or hurry, who frequently took time alone with his patient father, who waited for the right time to become the suffering servant, who stood quietly before the noise of his accusers, whose silence overpowered their words, who died, then rose again on a quiet Sunday morning. We believe in God, the Holy Spirit, who strengthens, empowers, renews, and refreshes, sometimes arriving with obvious power 
sometimes with a quiet breath of a whisper. We believe in one God who patiently waits for us and who longs for us to do the same. Amen. Our second scripture reading this morning comes from Romans chapter 16, verses 25 through 27. Now to God, who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the proclamation of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for, for long ages, but is now disclosed, and through the prophetic writings is made known to all the Gentiles, according to the command of the eternal God, to bring about the obedience of faith to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever. Amen. The word of God for the people of God, and you say, thanks be to God. If you could open your hymnals to page 245 for the hymn, The First Noel.
Our third scripture reading for today comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The gospel of the Lord. And you say, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. If you'd please join me again in an attitude of prayer. Loving God, you offer so much to your creation from mercy to grace to love, to hope. This year has felt completely hopeless to much of the people in this world. We have seen millions die from a global pandemic. We have seen nations set ablaze with political unrest. We have seen marches crying out for justice and equality for the oppressed and the downtrodden. There has been rage, confusion, hatred, controversies, and much too much suffering and pain. So many of the things that are a part of our identity, a part of our daily routine, and a part of the world as we understand it have been stripped away. It is no surprise that feelings of utter hopelessness have risen in so many people around the world. We ask for your help, loving God. We ask for strength. We ask for healing. We ask for signs of hope. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts together in this time and place be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Today is the fourth Sunday of Advent. and We will be closing out our Advent sermon series, Stripped Away What is Left. Over the last three weeks, we have talked about some of the things that we have seen stripped away, both in scripture as well as in our world right now mostly things that have caused us pain or at the very least sadness to no longer have as the norm of our days. Typically, this time of year is filled with gift-giving, delicious food, time with friends and loved ones, and countless memories that will stay with us for a lifetime and continue to bring smiles to our faces. But this is not a typical year. This year has been a bust in many ways. 
For almost the entire year, we have been battling against this COVID-19 virus, trying to get it under control and trying to save lives. It hardly feels like a holiday season for many of us. I know that I am still struggling myself to find the feelings that I normally experience around this time of year. The Advent and Christmas seasons are two of my absolute favorites, from the anticipation of the birth of Jesus to the celebration of his arrival. And one of the struggles that I think a lot of us have right now, again, myself included, is that we're still trying to pretend everything is okay. Parents and teachers are trying to put on brave faces for their children. Grandparents are trying to make it seem like they are simply fine connecting with their children and grandchildren over phone and video calls instead of seeing them in person. Our healthcare professionals are trying to be strong and reassuring to those who have caught this virus and may not have much time left in this world in some cases. And all of that pretending, all of that trying to make others think everything is okay, well, it takes a great toll. I can't speak for all of you, but I am tired. Now, I take that back. I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm even beyond exhausted. At times, I feel like a zombie, like I'm just going through the motions each day, and I'm not even sure which day it actually is. But as I have said these last three weeks, I believe that there is healing in naming the pain and suffering we experience to say out loud that everything is not okay. We are tired, we are broken, we are struggling. Over these last three weeks, we have talked about the loss of community and how the community of being children of God will always keep us connected. We have talked about the loss of health and life and how the word of God still gives us hope and promise and grace and love. And we have talked about the loss of tradition and how maybe in some cases losing some of that tradition is a good thing and how tradition is not what makes this time of year possible to celebrate. Today as we close, we are going to be using our reading from Luke's Gospel which is headed with the title, The Birth of Jesus Foretold. So much like last week, some of you may be wondering what could be stripped away in a section of scripture that is titled The Birth of Jesus Foretold. This is the good stuff, right? Well, let's look back in those verses, shall we? In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? So the one here in this instance who is having something stripped away is Mary. Mary was a virgin, and that was a pretty big deal when getting married back in those days. If a man were set to marry a woman and it was found out that she was not a virgin, she could be tossed away and in some cases even put to death. And now Mary is pregnant. She is still a virgin but is pregnant and trying to explain that's not going to be easy. 
Her explanation may be true, but no one's really likely to believe her. So her virtue has been stripped away. Her social acceptance in the community has been stripped away. If Joseph had in fact divorced her quietly like he had been contemplating, she might have survived without a death sentence, but she would be shunned in the community and her life would have been quite different. And again, if he had called her out in public, she most likely would have been stoned to death. Mary's virtue, her, her reputation, all of it is stripped away, even though she hasn't done anything wrong. She, in fact, has found favor with God. But society isn't going to see it that way in that time in history. Her marriage was at risk. Her future was at risk. Her life was at risk. I can't even imagine all of the thoughts running through her head or through her parents' heads, other members of her family. We're not given any information about them or how they may have reacted or what they may have been privy to or known about. These are very troubling times, and you can see how feelings of hopelessness might begin to creep up. What about in our world right now? What else have we had stripped away from us? Well, you have heard me talk about hope a little bit already, so no surprise here, but I would argue that we have had our hope in our world stripped away. This year has been one disaster after another. It has been like a low-budget, over-the-top, mega-disaster movie full of D-list celebrities showing on the sci-fi network in the middle of the afternoon. Jobs have been lost by so many people in so many different sectors of the workforce. Restaurant workers, factory workers, leisure and hospitality workers, retail workers, and countless more are without jobs and income and health care. We are definitely feeling some sense of hopelessness right now as things are really not getting much better. Or what about the pandemic numbers climbing back up again? How many times did we hear or think for ourselves that this whole thing would be only a few weeks in length? And I'm not placing blame with that question by no means, but I rather am trying to point to our hopes and expectations that this wouldn't last long. We know now full well that this is not a short-term event in the history of humanity. I know that I have had feelings of hopelessness, and I can only imagine how those healthcare workers are feeling with what they are seeing and experiencing every day. Or what about the political unrest, the protests, the actions taken by many that have resulted in death and destruction, the anger and rage that seems to continue to boil over in so many arenas of our world is frightening. I feel as though we have seen some of the absolute worst sides of people this year. I personally, and I know this applies to many others, but I can't even turn on the nightly news anymore without first taking a deep breath and praying for some good news to be shared. I don't know how many more stories of death and suffering that I can take before I put the child lock on our news stations, on our TV with a random code that I don't pay attention to so I can't access them ever again. But 
as in the past weeks, we do need to go back and look at what is left in our scripture reading after those things for Mary were stripped away. And in this case, the answer, I believe, can be found in verse 37, loud and clear, just like I told our youth earlier. For nothing will be impossible with God. That is powerful. Not just hearing those words, but try saying those words, and you can feel the power of God when you speak them. And I don't mean just for us reading it, but how powerful surely it must have been for Mary to hear those words. And I say that because Mary doesn't respond after the angel saying that to her with something like, yeah, that's great and all, but how do I not get killed over all of this? No. Instead, Mary says in verse 38, right after the angel telling her, she says, here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Mary was so confident, so comforted by the words that this angel Gabriel brings to her that she doesn't seem to be concerned about any of those things that we would expect her to be freaking out over. She doesn't run around in a panic. She doesn't run away trying to start over in some place where no one knows her. No. Mary simply says, here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Talk about having trust in God. Even with all those things stripped away from her, Mary puts her faith in what is still there. The knowledge that nothing, nothing is impossible with God. And what about us? What do we find that is still here after our hope in the world has been stripped away? Well, when I first began working on this series, I had planned to focus on how our, all, our God, an all-powerful, loving, and grace-giving God, is still with us through it all. And that is still true, and it is a great thing to be, quote-unquote, left with. But lately, I feel as though there is something else that I have noticed. I feel that I am noticing that even though for many of us we have lost at least some, if not all, hope in the world, I am finding little bits of hope in people. Now, I can't say for certain as in a measurable way, but I just feel like there is more generosity being shown right now. It could be that I am just more aware of it because of the pandemic and because we are more likely to expect to hear bad news rather than good, so the good news sticks out to us more. But I really believe that we are seeing more generosity in people right now. There are people raising money to help those who have lost their jobs. There are celebrity chefs raising money for the restaurant workers who are out of work. There are entertainers raising money for food banks and shelters all across this country. Dolly Parton, one of the most gifted country singers of all time, and one of the most generous people I have come to find out, she helped fund the COVID-19 research with a $1 million donation that led directly to developing a promising vaccine. This is the same woman who created the Imagination Library program, which over the last 25 years 
has given over 147 million books to young children around the world. And she's actually done a great deal more. Just Google her name and you can read the long list of the good deeds and philanthropy she has done. And I feel like we are seeing more generosity from people who are not famous or wealthy as well. I can honestly say that I have a renewed sense of belief in the spirit of generosity as I look around and see what several organizations and churches and other people are doing to try to help each other and especially those hit hardest by this pandemic. And I'm looking at all of you right now and I can feel and see that spirit of generosity in everything that you guys have done, not just in the last couple weeks, but in the time that I've been here with you and all of the things I learned about before I got here that you have been doing. We believe in an all-powerful God. We believe in a God through which nothing is impossible. And when so many big things feel impossible right now, like an end to this pandemic and justice for the oppressed, I believe we need to remember that God we claim a faith in. That is not to say we should sit back and wait for God to do something, come in and just wave the magic wand. That's, that's not how it works. No, I believe we need to continue to lend a helping hand to one another and let God work through those efforts towards greater things. When we come together, we become something greater than the sum of our parts. We are God's children and we are called to love our God and our neighbor. We can do it. And that's not me pretending everything is, is okay. I am speaking from my heart. We can do it. We will survive this pandemic. We are a resurrection people and believe in life after death. We are the beloved children of a loving and inclusive God who sent his only son to become both human and divine and die to save the world, not judge it. We are made in the image of a grace-giving and mercy-showing God. We are coming to the end of the story of the year 2020 but we are nowhere near the end of our story. God is still speaking, and the Holy Spirit is still moving. Amen. If you would join us in singing our closing hymn number 246, Joy to the World. Joy to the world.
Beloved children of God, do not be afraid, for God is with you and will strengthen you in your journey through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever. Magnify the Lord and rejoice, for nothing, nothing is impossible with God. And the blessing of God who creates, redeems, and restores be with you now and always. Go in peace and serve the Lord. Amen.